Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer, our light and our life. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, the prophet Isaiah's words are powerful for us, even today. They include words of admonition, an indictment as well as insight into God's vision for us. And they include words of promise for healing and restoration for the whole community. But I think a little historical context may be helpful. The prophet spoke these words to the Israelites who were returning from exile in Babylon. Fifty years before, the powerful Babylonians had destroyed Jerusalem and took its people captive. So God's people were exiled in Babylon for these 50 years until Cyrus, the ruler of Persia, came and captured Babylon and allowed the exiles to return to their homelands. This was the moment that God's people had been waiting for, longing for, the restoration that God had promised for them. This was a pivotal moment in history. And at this point, some, but not all of them, were returning to Jerusalem to build a new life together. And now God speaks again through Isaiah with very powerful words. And I think as we frame these words, I think it's helpful to remember as my seminary professor, Dr. Bob Robinson, taught that the book of Isaiah as a whole is grounded in God's promise to Israel and is rooted simultaneously in God's justice and God's mercy. So God is absolutely passionate about justice. Through the prophets, God makes it very clear to the people that justice and faithfulness to God is what God expects of them. But God's people fail time and time again. They forget and they turn away from God and become participants in perpetuating injustice. And God judges them. Yet God's mercy will not accept the judgment of God's people as the final word. God is also, at the same time, a forgiving and merciful God who is always seeking a way to restore them. The promise that God made to God's people cannot be broken. God is absolutely passionate about mercy. Those who were returning to Jerusalem to begin again returned to ritual practices and worship as best as they could without the temple, or at least they thought they were doing what God expected of them, fasting and bowing down and lying in sackcloth and ashes. They could not understand why God would not answer them. But while they went about worshiping and practicing their rituals, as we learn from God's indictment of them, they were also oppressing their workers, serving their own interests 
and arguing amongst themselves, pointing fingers and speaking evil of one another. And they were neglecting the vulnerable ones in their midst. I'm sure our society today wouldn't know anything about these things. God's people had landed as exiles in Babylon because they had forgotten what God expected of them in their covenantal relationship. And now, no sooner have they returned, and they are failing again. And they complain to God. Why do we fast, but you do not hear? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Where is the Lord? Where are you, they ask. And so, once again, God speaks through the prophet with an admonition. God calls them out on their unjust actions and reminds them of the expectations that have not changed and frankly can be found all throughout scripture in both testaments. I imagine God speaking as a broken-hearted parent yet again, reminding their children what is expected of them for their own good and for the good of all, for the sake of justice and righteousness. God's people are expected to work to dismantle injustices, to seek freedom and liberation for those around them, to share bread with the hungry and provide shelter for the homeless poor, to cover the naked and satisfy the needs of the afflicted while taking care of one another and attending to their relationships. God makes it clear that we are to maintain justice and do what is right and that we cannot effectively worship God if we are not carefully attending to our relationships with one another and caring for those who are vulnerable in our communities. God introduces a new way of fasting, to fast from those things that harm one another and break down the fabric of community. As commentator Amy Oden puts it, the fast that God seeks calls for vigilance of justice and generosity day in and day out. Every moment is an opportunity to choose what is life-giving for the community, to choose what is just, to choose what is generous, to choose what is loving and kind and merciful, and to do it in such a way that it becomes so much a part of our daily living that we just embody it as a part of our identity. A woman named Leslie Rayburn just posted this. A few days ago in Montana, a man found a goose that was shaking with cold stuck to a pole. And as he got closer, he realized, wrapped in her wings, was a tiny puppy that she was shielding from the freezing temperatures. It was this goose's innate sense that she give of her own self, her own reserves for the sake of another more vulnerable life. God invites God's people to choose a whole new way of life, one that is willing to pour out oneself for the sake of another. 
God is completely serious about these essential things that enact justice and restore the well-being of the community so that all may thrive. And as I read Isaiah, I imagine God's heart breaking over us now. These ancient words speaking to us today to remind our society, our nation, of what is most important. To remind us that our response to God's love for us is shown in our love for our neighbors. And especially our neighbors who are hungry and naked and homeless and suffering injustice. To remind us that pointing fingers and speaking evil and our self-serving ways and our blindness to our privileges is tearing apart our relationships. But God doesn't leave God's people with only words of judgment. We hear powerful words of promise, too. God's vision is for sweeping transformation that is healing and restorative for all. God is concerned with the thriving of the whole community. God desires our light to rise, and God heals and restores us. God seeks our participation in the healing and restoration of our communities. God goes before us and after us and God promises to help and protect us, and God promises to be with us. God's people are called into the work of bringing forth God's purposes, God's vision for a new way of living and being. Odin says, God gives God's people the dignity of acting as moral agents in their relationship with God. God is enacting a partnership and seeking faithfulness to the way of life God has provided. God continually calls God's people again and again into God's own life. The God of Israel declares, Your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. God will protect and guide and satisfy the needs of God's people in parched places with water that never fails as God's people satisfy the needs of the afflicted. God heard our cry and the word became flesh among us. Jesus is the resounding embodiment of God's promise to be present with us. God declaring in the flesh, here I am. For us who are in Christ are words of promise for you. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Together, we are a city built on a hill that cannot be hid. This is who you are, not who you will be, but who you are. As I reminded the children, Jesus' words of promise about our identity and our calling are proclaimed at every baptism. Let your light so shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Because of God's promise for us 
and God's call to us. What we do has the power to change the way things are in the world. And when we are serving as the light in the world, as actual bearers of God's light, the world will be changed. Even the tiniest sliver of light shining into one darkened corner changes an entire room. Even when we fail to live up to God's expectations, and we will, Christ's light still shines for us, and God's mercy forgives us that we might begin again. Light breaking forth like the dawn brings about healing, restoration, repair, and transformation in ways that go far beyond ourselves. The Christ light shining in you cannot arrive on the scene without bringing about transformation. And the Christ light cannot be overcome. A whole community. As we can see with the children reminding us now, a whole community of lights is enough to shine like a city on a hill, giving hope to all who see it. These words of admonition and promise are not only God's vision for all of us, but they are a promise for you, you who are the light of the world through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thanks be to God.